You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Ain't No Seeds. All right, folks, what's good? Another episode of Ain't No Seeds podcast. We have a lot to talk about. Yesterday was a an absolute roller coaster of emotions. Fun, fun, fun day up until it wasn't. And when it became unfun, it was as brutal as it gets. One of the more frustrating losses. I would say the most frustrating football loss I can remember up there with like Missouri of 07, but this one maybe hurt even worse just because of the way it happened. Um, just so frustrating. And uh, we'll obviously get into all the all the details, all the thoughts on what went wrong. But uh, B-Turn, I'll start with you. I know that, I mean, you, you caught shit all week from K-State fans, just lunatic psychos that stalk you. Um, and I'm sure you wanted this maybe more than anyone, but, uh, we lose where, where's your head at? How are you, uh, how are you handling the loss today? Yeah. Like you said, it was a, it was a really fun day. We got there. We got there really early tailgated. It was elite vibes. A lot of people just talking themselves into KU competing um, before the game. And like you said, I wanted it, but the whole fan base, I mean, it, it had been 14 years and there hadn't been too many competitive games. So KU, I mean, they were the better team last night. I don't I don't think that's even biased. Like, I think you sit back as a football fan and watch that game. You know, KU was the better team. I think K-State's a good team, um, and they capitalized on KU's mistakes and had chances to put them away. Um, but, yeah, I it's tough, man. felt like KU should have won that game, no question. Um, and, yeah, it's been since 08, so it hurts. And... I don't know. It was a fun day, and that was one of the best atmospheres I've seen at the booth in my lifetime. That might sound prisoner of the moment-ish, but I'm telling you, I'm lining up 30 minutes before the game to go in, and the lines are crazy long, and it felt like you'd look inside the stadium, and the whole all the seats are pretty much already full, and it was electric. The booth was great. The crowd couldn't have been better, so it was an awesome night. Um, if they would have won, it would have been all time, but yeah, that it was deflating after the game, and KU was a better team, and they should have won that game. Yeah. Uh, AB, what are your uh, initial takeaways? I know this game always, always meets a ton to you. Uh, where are you at? It was so sad. <clears throat> I'm still so sad, and I've, I've been telling you guys I wasn't going to predict KU, I wasn't going to predict KU, and I never did. And then they got up 11 and seemed to be in control of the game, and... I started to buy in. I started to believe too much. And of course, it just comes crumbling right back down. Um, it was just like you guys said, the way it happened, the atmosphere there was there was so much juice, more than I expected coming into the week when we were talking about a Cole Ballard versus K State matchup. But like you could tell the place was fired up. And then it just how fast it unfolded and how it happened. It's just, it really was a gut punch. It was like, what can we do for a team that we just never beat? And it seems everything's going our way. And one thing, goes wrong and it's just like cool we got to live with it for another year and probably another two but we'll see it was i mean first yeah let, let's start on just 
how awesome the environment was. It it's been a while. I I don't even remember the last time we had a night game there that meant something. You know, we had like the Friday night opening night those games and I guess Illinois too, but with that it wasn't dark as early. Like, I don't know. It was just awesome. The black uniforms, student section filled to the absolute max. And I'll be honest, obviously K-State always travels well and there's always a good amount, but like nothing, they had nothing compared to what they usually do. Like that was a very, very much packed stadium because of Kansas fans for the most part. Like that was incredible. The, the atmosphere for kickoff was just awesome. And I mean, I've never seen the, like right from the jump, it, I was starting to get like 2019 vibes of like the atmosphere is incredible to go. We kick off and they just drive it right down our throats and score. Like, I think it took a minute and 15 seconds and it was kind of like, uh Oh, you're sitting around. Like, are we going to do what we always do here? And, but then we punted, right? Yeah. Then we punted. This could get out of control fast, but. I guess what to what I, what I wanted to say on what you were saying, AB, is like it felt like not only throughout the entire week, and maybe this was just me drinking at the tailgate and having a few more drinks, but it was like it felt as long. The more the tailgate went on, it even was kind of like vibes were changing. People were like, "We can win." Like I think there were rumors that Bean was going to start. All of a sudden, it's like, "Oh yeah, we we can win this game. We're gonna win this game." Like even like I didn't feel like K State fans were that crazy confident. They were scared to death. A lot of them. So it was like the vibes were so strong going into the game, and they were strong up until they weren't. Um, so I guess let's let's talk about the first half. We we get down early. We punt. I don't even really remember what happens, but then Devin Neal just does Devin Neal things and gets us on the board at 7-7. Um, I don't know, B-Turn, where were you at from that point? So after they obviously come down, they score, we're terrified that we're going to get blown out, but then we come back out, we stop them, Devin Neal scores, and it fi- kind of just you started to relax a little bit, and it was like, okay, we're going to compete. This is going to be a good game. Where were you at at that point? Were you still confident? Yeah, well, I, I wanted to touch on the pregame vibes real quick because I wanted to talk about that too, and it's definitely the fan in us. But I I don't know what it was, dude. But I could just I could just feel it. Like I knew it was going to be a game going into that building, and that just that shows you how confident we are in the staff and how they're going to compete every week, no matter who they play. But yeah, I, I was just talking to my dad before. Like we're just sitting there in the game, and I was like, this it's going to be a good game. Like I really legit think they can win this game. But yeah, Devin Neal, I mean, unbelievable. Like, he's maybe the best. I mean, we've had some guys. Puka was really good. James Sims was really good. John Randall. But Devin Neal's maybe the best KU back I've personally ever watched. I know we've had some legends in the past, but he's unbelievable. I mean, the 30-yard 30, the 30 touchdown was going to be a no gain. He scores, obviously. There's multiple gains. We're looking like a negative gain. He turns it into something. Um, yeah, I, I felt so good. Um up 11 especially like I the fan in me is sitting there literally telling myself like we can maybe open this game up or I saw you tweeting about like hey you could potentially blow them out here if things go our way um before the Rich Miller thing but I the fan in me is sitting there saying like we could go up three scores here and we're just going to dominate this rivalry for the next 10 however long Lance Leipold's here I'm like oh we're better like 
Well, but, but yeah, I, I felt good going into halftime. Um, I don't think you could have asked for more out of Cole Valor going into half. I think he was eight for 10, um, just game managing. And Devin Neal was great. The Wildcat was working with Lachlan. Lachlan's a former QB, so I thought they might pull out um, a pass from him or something. But the Wildcat was effective. We were running on them effectively. I think they had close to 250 on the ground. So offense really did whatever they wanted there for the first, I know we're talking about the first half, but the first 32 minutes of the game. So, yeah, I, I felt really good, and I thought the defense was really good, too. They got scored on early, but they, like they've done all year, they get the key stops. And I, I don't know. I saw some people tweeting mean things about the defense last night. I thought they were awesome. I, Will Howard didn't do much. DJ Giddens and Trayshawn Ward had busted a couple runs. But I thought the defense was really solid, and they gave us every chance in the world to win the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of said it in the – I don't even – the first half, the the play that really stuck, like guys, we we're all at halftime. We're sitting there talking. The play that everyone was talking about is the hold on fourth and three. And the thing that sucked so much about that call was there's seven minutes left in the first half, or like seven minutes forty seconds left in the first half. We're about to get the ball up. What were we up at that point? We were in nine. What the was it nine? 13-9. 13-9. Yeah, we're about to get the ball and run it down like we could have, which we did, by the way. We got the ball after they scored and put together just a seven-minute long drive to make it 20-16 to 16 and half. But if you just don't call that hold and we get that ball right back and do that same thing, we are up 20-9 to nine and a half. And then we come out at the very start of the second half and it's 27 to nine, like that holding call and not, we, we did, we made way too many mistakes for this game to be blamed on officiating, but that was a massive, massive swing. I don't care what you say. The impact that had on the first half was, was massive and it was just a bad call. Um, yeah, we, we scored on three of four drives in the first half. We, we punted. On the first drive, and then they go 11 play, 82 yards, 6 minutes, 8 play, 76 yards, 4 minutes, 13 play, 75 yards, 7 minutes. So that's 13, 17 minutes. They had the ball like 18-ish minutes in the first half. Yeah, and the oh, offense. Dominating time of that's, possession. like, And that's what you had to do because obviously K-State's really good up front. Um, on offense, and they can just gas you in the run game. So you got to string together long drives with the young quarterback, and you got it's got to finish in points. And they were doing that in the first half. Um, they scored on three straight drives, and Ballard was actually making throws. He made one deep on the sideline to Grimm. Um, he he was good on his feet too, um, here and there. But yeah, they God coming out. <laughs> Coming out of the second half, I'm they they roll out left and they throw it back to I think it was Fairchild or whoever it was runs it inside the five and I'm sitting there like this staff has this defense figured out like that's four consecutive touchdown drives against K State's defense who was obviously really good they're good against the run um, they've been so much better lately as the year goes on so four straight drives and then just yeah nothing after that and i thought we had just figured them out like it was it was 27 16 i think k-state added at their own 10 had them backed up and yeah didn't score we didn't score a point after that touchdown drive yeah 
So AB, before we talk about where things start to unravel, um, where where were you at at halftime? Like, I'll be honest, I I was kind of like Ether and like felt like Kotelnicki's game plan was 100% working. And my big thought was like, okay, if we can come out in the second half and show that the offense is still working, then I really, really feel good about this. And we did. Obviously, that was wrong. But like, where were you at at halftime? Did you feel like we were going to win that game? I thought I felt pretty good because, like Braden just said, we went three consecutive possessions scoring pretty easily. So I felt good scoring again at a half, being up, you know, 11 points with however long left. I mean, we scored quickly, so <clears throat> quite a bit of time. But, like, I mean, I felt confident. They just looked really good. And on defense, they were getting enough stops. It was typical KU where it's like, you know, they're not going to hold anyone to 10 points. But they're going to get enough stops, make enough plays to keep you in a game, keep, keep you competitive and not be like a glaring reason that you lost. So, yeah, I felt really good. And then, I mean, I guess we can get into the, uh, the sad part. But. Well, yeah, and so they scored with they scored with 13-28 left. So, yeah, yeah it was only like a three-play drive, right? 30, and then the defense gets a three and out, and then I'm like, all right, we're going to win this game. We're going to blow them out. This game's over. And I think they, they kicked the – they punted. Um, it was like a short punt, I believe. I can't. I'm trying to think. We got uh, it at like the 45 yard line. So. Yeah. So prime field position. If you go on a drive there, another long sustained drive where you kill five minutes again or whatever. Even if you get points, don't get points at all. But yeah, they ended up going three and out. Yeah, it was 26 yard punt. Went out of bounds at the 42, and then we went three and out. Um, but yeah, right. I didn't. I don't even think I answered your last question, which is just so typical of me. I'm just sitting here rambling. You asked about the fourth and three. And I wanted to ask AB because you watched you watched on TV. Um, right before that, they called a timeout, but Twitter the Twitter streets were saying that DJ Giddens or whoever it was false started well before the timeout. And I don't know if that's KU fans or what, um, but if he did, it obviously would have been it would have been fourth and eight. They would have been kicking a forty three yarder. I don't think you go for it there on fourth and eight. Regardless, I don't know if you can answer that. I just still haven't seen a great replay on the hold either. Um, that was definitely a movement. Very sticky tacky. Yeah, I I mean, there was a lot of movement, but so much other stuff happened that I haven't thought about it a lot since. But I was saying the same thing when it happened. Like, no, you definitely jumped before they blew the whistle and called timeout. Like, what are we talking about here? And I think the play clock was running down too. Maybe I'm thinking of a different game. I watched a lot of football this weekend, but... That it Dude. could have been where like they they just like expected it because the play clock was at zero, so they started moving, but then they got a timeout before. That might have been a different different game, but it looked very strange. It didn't look natural, and it made me question it in the moment. Yeah, I just it felt I seen a little replay, and obviously the old booth that we love the jumbotron. There's like black splashes in the oh thing, and then they'll do this thing where they show nine different boxes. Of it's the worst replay review that you can't. Like it would be like looking at your own phone from like a thousand. I would legitimately get better replay using my phone camera to record every single game and then going back and watching the last play. But I, I went out um, later. I saw my family after the game, and my cousin was just going nuts about that hold. Which I'm, I'm not blaming the refs for that game, like whatsoever. That was it felt ticky tacky, but he was just so adamant that I've been wondering how if it was like egregious or. I don't know. It just felt like a drive where K-State getting seven felt very fortunate because that throw by Will Howard on the hold was 10 yards over his head. 
I don't know about the false start, but that would have been kicking a long field goal college kicker. And if he misses, KU gets the ball at the 30 or whatever. But yeah, them getting seven points there just kind of felt crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was brutal. Um, but then you turn around and we we recover well. We scored in the half. We score right out of the gates, like we said. We They make the short punt. We go three and out. And then we got to talk about what like, and I don't want to be, I really don't want this to, I don't even want to say, talk about the actual player because the guy is a legend and I feel awful for him that it happened, like that he didn't make the catch and make the play. I know he feels worse than anybody, but like, I truly, I think like that dropped pick six is like a butterfly effect moment. Like we could look back 10 years from now being like, if we just catch that pick six, we, we win, we win, we've won the last 10 years. And that's being so dramatic, by the way. Yeah. But I'm telling you, the game is over. He had nobody around him. I mean, he could have really, like- and you are, that's like our section. Like we are right there. Mm hmm. I was already celebrating the touchdown. Like, that's how obvious it was that that it was such a bad throw. Miller read it perfectly. And that ball, it was in stride, I think. I don't know. I haven't even watched it's it. Right. No, it was. So. It, it was. Like, he was running a, like, if he's running a route and Will Howard literally times it perfectly. Yeah. And, so, yeah. He has it, 10 it, yards, I think, right? And there's not a oh my God. there. It wasn't it, like it was, he, he could have called. He's still, he's still running right now. It's no. 30. Four to 16. Booth collapses. Old Booth. You don't even have to yeah, take it, it down. Been, oh, it would have been uh, one, It would have been an all-time moment. Any sports moment. Like for, for KU fans to be in that environment for that to happen. Because we had the momentum. And that would have freaking put us up 34 to 16. And I'm sorry, K-State at that point, they're punting the ball 25 yards. They are throwing picks to our linebackers. They were not recovering from that moment. They were up. It was 30. It would have been 34 to 16. And I promise you, KU wins that game. And I'm not so sure that KU just doesn't end up winning that game handily at that point. Yeah. Because that that would have rivaled for like loudest the booth has ever been. We would have, yeah, would have been up three scores. K State gets the ball right back. Crowd would have been going nuts. And it's just, I don't know about you guys. It could just be KU football scars. But it just you're just sitting there just feeling like how are they gonna lose this game? Like what's gonna happen next? And then the next After, play, a fifty yard run. Yeah. Trayshawn Warden, fifty yard run. And then they like once he drops that, you're like, Well, we're up we're up eleven, K State's gonna go score. So it's and then after that it just felt like what's gonna what's gonna go wrong now? What's gonna go wrong now? And I'm obviously yeah. we're gonna get into Trevor Wilson, but even when he starts sprinting towards that punt full speed, like in my head, I'm telling myself, like, he's going to drop this. Yeah. He's running full speed, 15 yards up to go catch a punt. And I just... At, at midfield, like, who cares if that ball lands and runs out? Even if they get a perfect bounce, who cares? You're still going to be at the 40, 35 at the worst? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Who cares? That's anything but the defense coming back on the field. Austin Booker had one of the craziest get-offs ever off the edge on that drive. Yeah. Get a sack. And it's third and 17. We get off the field. They punt it. Muff. Defense has to come right back off after Guff, like, getting a huge stop. The crowd's going crazy. K-State's gifted a short field. 
we get the yeah you let it bounce go to the fucking one yard line who cares it would have been close to midfield and maybe it bounces backwards and we get it at the k-state's 30 i don't know but i mean even if you go three it out like you literally gift k-state short field and you give them the momentum back even the pat like i'm I know that's not crazy, but like that's momentum shit. You score to go up 14 7, kick it, return it. That's a three point swing. Like we're down four late in the game. I'm not saying it would have played out like this, well, but what if we were down th- one late in the game because of that three point swing? And we're I'll tell you how it played out, Brayden. They wouldn't have gone for two in the second half and it would have been a tie game. So yeah, it was we lost by four and that was a three point swing, but it also changes game script. K State's not going for two on a touchdown, which they got. So instead of it being you know, thirty-one twenty-seven. It's twenty-eight twenty-eight. A PAT that they take to the house, and it's like people don't act like that's like the biggest deal in the world. But and maybe it's in that's my head. Happens. No. Yeah, maybe it's in my head. But it felt like the booth was. I mean, it would have been so much louder and crazier there on defense. It felt like everyone was like, "God, we, we always do this shit against K State." Like it. It wasn't that loud for that possession. Now I'm not saying that possession like changed the game, but it's like. That's three free points. Like that's you're gifting them. Yeah. So it's just like so many momentum swings. Cause like if you get the ball in that Trevor Wilson punt, even if you go three and out, maybe you pin K State inside the 10. But no, you give them the ball right by midfield. Their s- stupid purple fans are going nuts. And it, they have all the momentum, and they're like, "KU's do here's KU again." They're get K State players get the confidence back. They get the ball at midfield. They go score. It's like catch that punt. Your defense is going nuts, and they get rest on the field. Now they got to come right back, and of course, K State's going to go score. So it's like, how can you even be mad at the defense there? It just it every mistake we made, K State immediately capitalized. The pick six, they immediately score. Like three plays later. And the uh, the dropped punt, they scored very quickly. And then they b- blocked PATs happen, but you don't turn them into two points very often. Like, to turn that in from a one-point swing to a three-point swing, that matters, just like AB laid out with the script and everything. Like, it's just yeah. crazy. In, the, in case they made some mistakes, too, Will Howard threw a pick, but, like, we didn't then capitalize on them. And that was the difference between us winning and losing was our mistakes – True. I mean, the pick six is a 14-point swing. The uh, PAT is a three-point swing. And the drop punt, I don't – at the very 14? most, it's a seven. Or like at the very least, it's like seven, right? You could view it as like a five-minute swing or something. Like yeah. the worst case, we kill off some time and punt it, and then they have to go 87 yards instead of 47 yards. Like, oh, we got to stop talking about this, man. I'm getting so – I'm so upset. So – yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, let's talk home field, um, and we can wrap up K State talk, and then get into some exciting talk Maui or Honolulu, um, Kansas basketball. But we got to talk home field. Uh, a lot of home field merch yesterday at the tailgate. People are loving the home field stuff. So if you're not, if you're not rocking home field yet, what are you doing? It's perfect time to go buy a hoodie. Perfect time to go buy a crew neck. Uh, my fiance loves the hoodies, loves the shirts. You gotta, you gotta go check out Home Field. Their Black Friday sale is coming up. Oh, I gotta pull this up. I gotta pull this up. Oh no, I'm unprepared. We've got 
the their Black Friday deal. So you're gonna go to homefieldapparel.com, but Black Friday sale starts November 17th. It ends November 26th, so it's already started. 20% off the entire site with code Black Friday. This is the biggest discount they're gonna offer all year. So you should not miss out. Like I said, go get a hoodie, use the gift, use that code, use it for gifts, whatever you gotta do. Um, items are subject to sell out. We recommend ordering as early as possible so the warehouse and shipping carriers have plenty of time to get shirts out for the holiday season. So we love them. We've been talking about them all year. Go support Home Field and, and get their stuff. Black Friday sale again ends November 26th, 20% off. Shout out Home Field. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
right, so to wrap up this game that I never want to speak about ever again, do we, I don't even know. Like, where do we, where do we truly go from here? I mean, to look at the positives, we've already said it. The booth was an environment that we've all never really seen. Um, I guess, yeah, you go back to the Orange Bowl years and things like that, but we were in middle school. I didn't take all that type of stuff in as much as I do now, but it's like you could just feel how far this program has come. And we were the better team on the field. I don't care what anyone says, and this will be petty, but, like, if Jalen Daniels plays in that football game, we we smoke that team. Like, if we are just healthy all year, we dominate K-State. And so we are we – are, the gap, as Lance is saying, is closing. I think it's closed more than he's willing to even say. But it's a brutal loss. It's one that will haunt you forever because it was just – it was storybook to go out in that building with a win, destroy that thing, but always knowing that it ended on such a high note. But honestly, it's kind of fitting that it ended on just such a dark, dark, miserable note. So I don't know. What else? You, do you guys have anything else before we try and get this back going on a more positive uh, note? Because we've been this will be two episodes in a row where vibes are so down. Yeah, two back-to-back pretty tough losses games that I felt KU was better in and had chances to put tech away. And then K state obviously just made mistakes. And like I said, KU was the better team, but K state's a damn good team and good teams take advantage of other teams mistakes. That's literally what they did. Like we get, we gifted them that many opportunities. Defense kept getting stops and they finally took advantage and obviously won the game. But yeah, I, you, I sit, I go back and forth because obviously we should have won, but then you sit there and think like, and I'm not just trying to be positive because of the pod and KU fans, but the stat like a freshman preferred walk on freshman is obviously on scholarship. And you're, we're sitting here saying that like we should have beat K State team that won the Big 12 title last year. Like it's so much better than the alternative where we used to get on here and talk about losing 63 to 10 in Waco. So I know it sucks because we should have won and we were the better team, but it's crazy how good this staff is and how quickly they've closed the gap and how competitive they are every single week. The only blowout is Texas. And that was a game late. And I just, I can't really, I just can't wrap my head around losing all three of the big 12 losses outside of Texas. Like one and two seems so dual two and one. Like the fact that they lost all three where it felt like they were probably the better team in two or maybe three of those games just seems wild to me and it's so crazy how close this team is to being like nine and two or ten and one and what you could start thinking about if they were healthy the entire year. I'm I'm telling you this season is just gonna be one you look back on as it wasn't it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't our time. Injuries killed us, but it's gonna be the season that laid the groundwork again on top of what they did last year to next year with the Jalen news, him coming back. That team's going to be so good. Definitely. One other thing, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I do – we talked off air uh, last week right after we recorded about how confident we would be if Jalen was, like, far and away the only QB on the roster next year. I do feel a lot be- better about Cole Ballard going into next year's mm-hmm. backup. Yeah. So, like, that that that's one positive I'll take. It's not lighting the world on fire with the stats, but 
he's more like the moxie he has. He's not afraid to take a hit, go fly, and he literally did a flip at the five yard line yesterday. Like, yeah. and then he just gets back up and he's looking yes. over with this baby face, and he's like, "All right, what's next, coach?" Like, yeah, I like him a lot, and I don't want us when we keep saying like third string preferred walk on quarterback. I don't want yeah. to come off as a slight to him, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, it also is the reality of the situation that an 18-year-old was playing quarterback for us yesterday. But my point positive is that, like, I do feel very comfortable with him as a backup. I don't think that that needs to be a live on, like, go die on a hill to find a backup quarterback or someone that you're going to want to come in and probably going to play, like, four games next year. If we're just being honest, because I know it's an easy thing to say for us to be, oh, if we were healthy, we would have been awesome. You know, we could have had 10 wins. We could have been in a New Year's Six game. And that all might be true. I'm just not going to like get myself to believe that a college football team is going to be close to healthy for a full season. That just doesn't happen very often. Maybe we don't realize it on the ins and outs because we haven't really had a team worth following for the last 15 years when we got super deep into like the X's and O's and who's playing, who's not, and it's not just the team that we like. So I think next year we'd probably all be better off if we didn't go in like, well, J.D. healthier. So-and-so's back and he's, he's going to be back. He's going to play 12 games. I don't think that's like a realistic expectation to have. So to wrap this all up, Ballard, I like you, guy. You're an awesome backup. Yeah. Gamer. Thanks for Absolute gamer. And I feel bad. I I feel bad for him because, like we said, we have a couple things go the other way. He's a legend forever. But he may end up being a legend when it's all said and done. If Jalen comes but even if Jalen is fully healthy next year, Ballard's the guy in two years. Or, you know, I'm sure a lot can happen between now but this dude there's still a lot that Cole Ballard could do at Kansas and this is a great sign to see him step into just an unreal spot for, for a freshman quarterback so yeah, and that's that's a guy that probably didn't expect to play a single snap this year and he plays the majority of the tech game and he plays every snap pretty much against K-State and the staff like the staff could win with a lot of QBs that's how good they are like they're just running gimmicky plays and had a chance to go up three scores. They're running the Wildcat with Tory Lachlan. And God, the staff is so good. But, A.B., I totally agree with the injury thing. And the other thing is, how hard is it just to win a football game? Like a tight football game where it's a one-possession game in the fourth quarter, it's tied. Coin flip game. That's three three of our losses. Like, it's just so hard to win. So, we'll, I, we'll have Big 12 title hopes next year, obviously. We're, we're going to be as good as any team in the league. I truly believe that, but it's just like, it's so hard. Like That's why I give credit to some of the best, These like Nick Saban, obviously, and some of the best coaches. They go 11-1, 12-0 every year, and it's like a disappointment if they go 10-2. Like, how hard is it to go a full season not losing a game, staying injury-free, getting lucky, winning coin flip games? Like It's just so hard to win football games. I think, like, even with the Chiefs, I think we take Amy Reid for granted sometimes. Like, it's had a winning season every year in Kansas City. So it's so hard to win games, and it just shows you this year, the Oklahoma State, Tech, and K-State games, why couldn't we have won all three and we lost all three? Yeah. Yeah, and really the only coin flip one we won was OU. So it's like in those games we went one and full three, but uh, yeah. Um, I got, I think, one more question on the K-State game. I think I know what you guys will answer, but and it's really not it's not it wasn't terrible but fourth and five late did you guys agree to go for it there or did you think they should kick it and maybe let the defense yeah i think so too i just i mean but we didn't see the ball again exactly yeah. and there would i mean think about how frustrated we are if we kick a field goal there and lose by one point like well 
and no offense to the special team staff that we have right now, but I'm not going to feel comfortable with that unit kicking two separate field goals, regardless if they were 20 yards, 40 yards, whatever. It's still, it's, I, I'm, we're kind of in the mentality where there is no chip shot. I mean, we saw an extra point blocked earlier in the game. We'll say that doesn't happen again. So I think that was, <clears throat> and especially the way the game was going, uh, you just kind of had to expect that was the last time you're going to get the ball. In case states were built, built for that, like they're built to just run it, not your throat, grind the clock away exactly like they did. So I held it. It was, it was, it was like the most brutal way to go out, just slowly losing and dying as the tick, the clock ticks away. But it would have been even worse if we kicked a field goal and never saw the ball back. Yeah. Either way, it was miserable. But. Um, one more question. I don't know how good. I can't imagine the replay was great um, at the stadium. If they called that third down in what was it, third and five, third and six, whatever K State had that really iced the game, uh, they reviewed it. And look, a lot of people said incomplete. They there was definitely movement, but I'm not gonna lie, there was no time where you could see like the hand disconnect from the ball, even when the ball was moving. And apparently, that means something. I don't know the exact rule. I've been watching football for almost 30 years now and still don't know what the fuck a catch is, but that's beside the point. It's your I I think if if they call it incomplete on the field, they can't change it to complete. Like it was just one of those, whatever they called in the field, it was just gonna stay and you can't really change it. But that was also that that felt unfair. It really, really did to just like because that was like with the clock where it was at and everything, and we only had one timeout we were gonna have to use. Um which why did we have to use? I didn't get that. There still. was over two minutes left. That new rule that the clock doesn't stop. Which I thought he was just, but I thought he caught it. Oh, I guess out yeah, of bounds. If he goes, still goes. Bounds, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was, was one of those classic B turn walking out of the stadiums and then looking up because <laughs> I saw they were about to review, and I swore that ball was moving. And I you can't get it on Twitter, obviously, with the old cell phone service. But hey, my movie. cell phones are working like fantastic in the booth but yeah so uh, a lot of people at least on twitter ku fans of course i don't know how much that means but they thought it was incomplete and they were but maybe you just you couldn't change it there wasn't enough evidence but yeah i i prefaced that i had alan text me and i think cole text me too um or asking if it was a catch like what was what it looked like and i opened up with look we are desperate people right now this is literally our only chance to win this game as if this is incomplete it looks like the ball's moving, but I don't fucking know, dude. Like we were, yeah. we were in the mindset, and I think we probably all recognized it, but we were gonna say anything to try and bend it to make it favor KU. And yeah, I just it, it was just such false hope. Uh, do you guys think we yeah. score there? Do you guys think we go down and get set? But I wanted, I so wanted like, my hopes up. I wanted, right, I wanted to have a chance because you know who, yeah. you know who didn't think we were going to get a touchdown with two minutes left against Oklahoma? This guy. I thought there was no chance with how Jason Bean had played the two possessions prior. And then he just goes and fucking does it. That I means, just wanted the chance. I know we scored like four straight touchdown drives, but that's kind of like the fourth and five why I kind of debated it. Like even before we went, I know I'm obviously not the head coach. I don't make the decisions, but I just feel like we've struggled so much in the red zone. And I know you can look at it as like, we probably wouldn't have had another chance to even get the ball back or score again. But I just felt like it's been so tough for the offense to get in the end zone with Bow. I know they scored four straight drives, but that's why part of me wanted to kick it and not getting any points. I know it's easy to say this now, but maybe it's a little deflating to the whole team. They could have got a stop no matter what, but I know they might have not got the ball. It just after the it's easy to say this stuff after yeah, the fact. I that play know. that play just drove me crazy because 
just no one obviously had a chance. It kind of looked like Grimm was open for first down past the sticks, but it's tough to be mad at Ballard because if you ask, like if you read off his stat line or say, tell you what he's going to do before the game, you're going to take that all day. The first pick was tough because we should have just, we would have punted it third and 13 and he threw it into quadruple coverage. Um, so that one was tough. The second one, you just had to get rid of it because it's fourth. But yeah, I couldn't ask for much more from Ballard. KB was a better team. They should have won and they, they gift wrapped that game to K-State. I know they took advantage of our mistakes, so good for them. Um, but they gift wrapped that game. Like, KU was a better team. They should have won. And I just, it sucks. Like, we got to go to Manhattan next year. I hope we win. But hard as it is. Sweet, sweet, sweet revenge for Jalen Daniels to go in and end that streak in Manhattan after what that insane fan base has done. Um, Can we? Done to that guy. I know we got to get an ad read. I'd like ad read. I'd like to talk about that a little bit at least. What's more there? What's more to talk about? I mean, they got dunked on all week when it came to the Jalen stuff. But more like, of more of a whole picture of this to where we might just have to retire fighting those idiots online. They're like they just oh they're God. impossible to even talk to. They're weird. And look, it, they're, but both, it's, they're both. Yeah, we have weird. Like, like, yeah, no, play you is bad, but like it was so insane. Something weird. And we're saying after the they're quoting Jalen's video, being like, "This guy's done nothing." Like, he's a you guys the one that wanted him to say something, clear the air. I can't tell you how many times I saw a fucking K State account. So we like, oh, if he's not hurt, why didn't he say something? If he's not transferring, why didn't he just say he's not transferring? And then he did it, and it was the worst thing he's ever done. And he's getting trashed. I bet he didn't have a Jayhawk. He didn't have a Jayhawk in the video, so he's all about himself. This that is not a good quarterback. He was leaving, but now he's not good. Yeah, he didn't say he's coming back and rock chalk at the end, but no Jayhawk on him. So you know what? That's what we're gonna broken their brains. I mean, he was gonna. They were claiming he was gonna go start at a powerhouse D one football program, but now he's not good. He hasn't done anything, and he has a. They brought his Big Twelve record up, and we're running with that all week when he played for a fucking head coach that had. Wasn't, wasn't well, a great coach. We'll leave him yeah. at <laughs> um, All right. His big 12 you know, record went to go down this road. We've yeah, got no, it's insane. And talk about Jalen Daniels and the revenge he's going to get on K-State next year, and I can't wait, and I will be in that building, and it's going to be fantastic. So, A.B., yes. why don't you knock out an ad read so we can talk a little hoops? Well, uh, we didn't feel it last night, boys, but there is so much to be thankful for. There's family, friends, food, and NFL football all weekend long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action, and new customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL action to score $150 in instant bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there's something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, and so much more. You name it, they got it. Uh, there's, I mean, it's the best sports week of the year. I've always said this. Um, I don't know what the lines are right now, but I know that there's college basketball a week, NFL football a week, there's rivalry with college football, Ohio State, Michigan. There's so much going on. So make sure you get on DraftKings, download the app, uh, use code KCSN. New customers get or can bet $5 on NFL Thanksgiving action to score 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KCSN. Uh, the ground is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Uh, in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. 
and Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, must be 21 years or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at DraftKings.sportsbook.com slash football terms. Boys, I need to drink water. DraftKings. Um, but I have breaking news. And it'll make you guys giggle a little bit. Nothing big, but it'll be funny. Uh, the Missouri Tigers basketball team just lost to one in five Jackson State. Oh, no. Is Dion's De- coaching? What? Dion coached Jackson State football last year. <laughs> Keep up. Come on. Come on. Come on. 309 team in Ken Palm, according to Nick. There's only 362 in the country. Wow. I mean, that's bad. That's play them in, what do we play? Three weeks? December 9th in Allen Fieldhouse? Man. So, is it? Oh, yeah. On the basketball. Or is it T-Mobile? I, what, we it's did, State. I do like this. Oh, I want to talk about that. I we, thought that was starting. No, it's at Allen, but I thought yeah. there were neutral games in that, too. That all got screwed up because of COVID. I think those are coming in a few years. Well, I was hoping that we could have another 10-minute conversation about a game that we think's on a neutral site and then and not be on a neutral site. Look at it last week with the Houston game in Mexico. We thought the Big 12 title was going to be decided. Yeah, Mexico. the worst part of it was it literally was the last sentence on the article I had pulled up for 10 minutes reading to you guys that in 2024, KU and Houston were playing in Mexico City just to refuse to end or read the yeah. final part of it. Yeah, but, well, uh, speaking yeah. of... Playing in different destinations. The Hawks about to play in not Maui. They're playing in Honolulu, mm-hmm. uh, which is just going to, I mean, obviously awful. Ruin the tournament. Yeah. I mean, what, what <laughs> happened in Maui's terrible and it just sucks even more for Maui that they don't get to host this tournament. But obviously, it'll be back. It'll be great. Um, but this will just feel like a weird Maui. I don't know what the environment's going to be like. Nick just commented, like, the Maui rims always have an impact on games. Every T-Rob ball. mural. I re- Yeah, the murals in the background. I remember Wayne Selden just clanking in some threes that bounced all over the rim. Uh, the Maui City tournament that year. That gym just hits different. Yeah, who, we beat Vandy. We beat Vandy. Mm-hmm. I think we blew out UCLA in the semis. Took down Chaminade, a bad UCLA team, and a Vanderbilt team to win that title. Hey, yeah. woo. Dayton, Kansas. Dayton, Kansas, one of the best Kansas University games, like non-con, we've seen in a long time. So, um, this battle is stacked. What do you guys think about people that say that KU doesn't have shooters or they'll say, like, we don't have the guard play? First well, off, we're like a couple that. games into the season. Second off, I can think of teams 2020 didn't have shooters. We've claimed that team's national champion. I know they're really good defensively. I think this team can be. Um, I, I It's just crazy. Like I feel like we sometimes get spoiled because Bill Self will always have a better team in the past, no matter what. Like They're going to get compared to other teams. But this team, when you have a lead guard that, that, that that's that good, you got a national player of the year candidate, you got a guy that's been around for like five years in Kev that just defends and plays hard. Like you got those three, you're gonna be good. KJ obviously too, but what do you what do you guys um what do you guys think when people say stuff like that? 
I just I send them when I when I get a text from a non KU fan asking about shooters, I just send a picture of Dewan Harris. He's Reggie Miller. That was unbelievable on Tuesday, dude. No, it's crazy. That was like Sharon against OU in like 2009. Like it just, just kept coming, and none of them yeah. hit rim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. And then even like it was such a heat check when he shot it after the whistle and just drained that one. Like that's why we. That's why we all and. Uh, we got the all-time power move by Dewan to post on his Instagram story like I'll shoot when I need to, and then he quite literally needs to and just goes nuclear. Like it was such a power move by him, and just shows, like you said, B-Turn, We've got gamers. We've got Dewan. We've got Kevin. We saw how McCuller could help you. I mean, McCuller could play bad in the game, and he wins you a game in the final minute. You love him. He just had the most quiet triple double of all time. But the thing about the shooters. I am it it is a concern, but the way people are putting it off is like, oh, we don't have a shooter, so we can't win. Like you said, we had to rely on Isaiah Moss to be a shooter in twenty twenty, and he did. Like you're telling me we don't have Nick Timberlake. It's been a rough yeah. start. It's been a rough But it's November. That's that like no college basketball. In a conference like Nick Timberlake's not just going to never improve. He's learning to play at the Big 12 level with a coach that's far above what he's ever played for. Uh, can I ask a question to him? Yeah. <laughs> is he going to have a rotational spot by conference play? Because you know who else is going to get better and probably at a more rapid pace are the two 18-year-olds they have on the bench, Furphy and I guess El Marco starts. But, I mean, in the first half, Timberlake played like eight minutes. He was a minus 20. And plus yeah, I mean, it was. It doesn't make sense. And I'm not, again, it's early. It's November. I was making fun of you for saying it's November basketball and then starting to have concerns. And I I, I was really fucking around just to loosen up the mood a yeah. little bit for a November basketball game. Yeah. But I like watching it. I was, I don't know. We both, are we all love Furphy a lot. We all have heard insane things about El Marco. We're not looking for a guy that's going to have to go out and score 20. We're just looking for like literally a fifth or sixth option to come in and do things and not convinced that's him yeah well I mean, we always we always talk about bill um and his rotation it's never going to be more than like mm-hmm. eight so you obviously you're going to have parker just because you need a backup big um and then furphy el marco timberlake that's nine right there so one of those guys could be left out and he already made it clear that uh before the season even that furphy's going to play major minutes he already has like he I think Friday night against Manhattan, he had like the second most field goal attempts on the team. I know it was a blowout, but, and then El Marco, that's guys that you need to go pro or that need to produce because it helps you get five stars in the future. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if they'll play nine, but I guess if they, they do need shooters. So in Timberlake experience, he just, he'll have to guard. Like if he doesn't play, if he doesn't start locking up defensively, I don't know how much he's going to play because what's he going to provide over El Marco? Just because El Marco is such a gamer, um, and they obviously they have high hopes for him. He's supposed to be a first-rounder and a pro, and he guards and competes. So I don't know what he's going to do better than him. Yeah, we'll see. It has not been good for, for Timberlake so far. Um, Furphy, we all love Furphy, but... And I hope, like, I hope we come out of this, and it, it is El Marco and and Furphy because that to me is our highest ceiling. But we've seen it with freshmen under self. Like a lot of times, they do just get buried in the bench. Like if 
if they're not ready. And I think I loved how you could even see Bill yelling about El Marco. Like, I can't trust him. Like, Bill just has a hard time trusting younger players. Now, Timberlake hasn't grown up in Bill Self's system, so he's probably going to struggle to trust him too. But we've just we've got to find a guy that can make open shots and actually be a threat. And I just feel like Timberlake, uh, I don't know. We argued about Timberlake this summer where I said I think Timberlake could play, and you guys were like, no chance. It's going to be. No, I think well, I, I think Timberlake's going to have some big games this year. Like, he's athletic. He can shoot it. Like, I think he'll have a night where he comes in and hits four or five threes, and his experience will be huge. So I, I do think he's going to play. Like, and yeah. it's not like El Marco's doing anything special right now either. No. So no, Timberlake, maybe Timberlake will eventually start. I don't know. Like, or maybe El Marco's better coming off the bench like as a spark. I don't know. I, I think Timberlake will play and he's gonna hit big shots. I, I really do think he's a good player. I just it's November. People are already trying to tell me that KU can't when this team can't win a national title because they don't have shooters or guard play. So and it's just insane. The guard playing thing to me is just subjectively wrong. Like what yeah. What? What? Like no the the oh. like that's my reaction. What are we what are we talking about? We have like one of the best point guards in the country, and that's like what wins in March. Like that's a very common thing to say. So to say the and by the way, Kevin McCuller is a yes. guard. Yeah. <laughs> and he oh yeah. Trouble. That's my thing. And Ryan, it's upset me with you a couple times when you're like, "Well, it can't be Furphy and McCuller." Like I don't know if Furphy can play the two. McCuller can play the two. There was yeah, one. But- what do you yeah. think? And, and, I, and it, I guess I don't view it as a two and a three being different positions. I view it as point guard, two wing, and then I guess this year it's different with our big situation. But, I mean, I guess a stretch and then a... Especially a since Bill has shifted to this, like, three wing, kind of bigger mm-hmm. wing model. So, yeah, I'm probably wrong on that. I'm still just... To me, it just looks right with, with Dewan out there with an El Marco. I still love the two good ball handlers out on the floor playing for Bill. Um... But, yeah, the national title team didn't really have that, I guess, who was the second best ball. Jalen was nice because he could handle the ball pretty well and kind of play the mm-hmm. small four. Uh, Ochai obviously was fine handling the ball in CB, too. So those guys were all just great, great players. These was guys, you know, while. Remy? What? Was Remy good in that tournament? Mm-hmm. Uh, Decent. Can I, throw, um, can I throw a comp out there for Nick Timberlake in terms of minutes and – TV production wise, uh, Brandon Green minutes like role wise. I'm not saying he's, he's definitely not as wet as well, Brandon Green was, but as a role, I'm, I have it pulled up right now. Freshman year, six and a half minutes, so probably not that. But sophomore year, he played 15 minutes, and junior year, he played 12 minutes a game, took like three to four shots a night. Like, is that a role? Your Brandon lead was timely. Like he would come in yeah. and hit good shots and keep momentum going. Like he was sick. If he could, and that's what I'm saying. Like, way. do we have like a fairly tall wing that, in theory, can shoot the ball and provide that spark? And we know is not very good on defense. Like, could that be a role that he can carve out for himself? It would be awesome because it does feel like like elite teams always have that guy that just comes off the bench and hits two, two, three game threes a game at big moments that just mm-hmm. like crush you. Uh, so I would love that. It just, we've got to have somebody that can consistently knock down threes. I think Dewan, it's hard because he's not going to seek out to shoot them, which is annoying, but he is going to shoot at a 30, 
five plus percent rate, you would think. I think did he shoot forty percent last year? I heard that. So crazy. I think the good the good thing, obviously, for Timber Timberlake is no one has separated themselves at the two spot. I know it's mm-hmm. three games in or whatever, but at practice, I mean, obviously, Bill doesn't trust anyone there at the two spot. Furphy, obviously, it's more of like a wing. So I, I, it's open. It's up for grabs. I don't know. I. I guess we'll see later in the season, but I, I still think he'll play plenty. So I um did did Hunter Dickinson play against Kentucky? Dude. I <laughs> we gotta talk I'm about that box score from multiple dudes. We talk about fan bases being psychopaths about Jalen. Hunter Dickinson has already, and I know he's done this at Michigan. I had a Kentucky fan that I know call me after that game legitimately being like Hunter Dickinson that dude's a thug that guy I hope he gets hurt I know I never wish injury on anyone but I hope he gets hurt like those people hate Hunter Dickinson so much and I can't imagine what he's gonna do to opposing road fan bases and one that I'm specifically thinking about in my head uh in conference play this year he is such a perfect villain UCF (laughs) yeah such a perfect villain for college basketball. And the best part about it is he can't fail playing in under Bill Self. I tweeted it after he was born to play for Bill Self. Bill Self will force feed that man. Bill Self was force feeding David McCormick, who was struggling to catch the ball for half a season. And now he's got Hunter Dickinson. And it worked, by the way. Bill Self was right. Uh, McCormick sure got the is. last lap. But like now Bill Self has one of the better bigs that he's ever going to coach at at Kansas. And it's just, I, I can't wait to see how this all goes because Hunter Dickinson, B-Turn, I think you've said it. It's a guy you hate if he's not on your team, but you love the shit out of him when he is on yeah. your team. And I'm so excited to watch all this happen. And I'm excited to see what he does in Maui. Yeah, he's just, he's a super confident human being. Um, and he's, elite college basketball player like the dude's gonna give there's gonna be multiple nights where he does what he did i'm not saying 27 and 21 but it's gonna be like 25 30 and 10 or 15 like i don't see how he's gonna there's even gonna be a night where he's under double digit scoring wise because he's gonna get the ball he's gonna get force fed he's gonna get to the line he makes free throws he'll shoot at 35 40 percent from three like i i'm so I'm excited to see the numbers he puts up this year under Bill. We said it, it's match made in heaven. Everyone knew. It. I think Hunter knew it right when he entered the portal. Like, and I, I just, I want to know what this team would look like without him. Like, would it be, would Uday or Zuby have stayed and they play the five, or would they have had KJ at the four? I like, I don't know how what our view would be on this team compared to getting Hunter or not getting him. Well, I think you would add Uday at the five for sure. But you're like, I think we're like a. We're like a tenth ranked, fifteenth ranked team in the country. Of just he, ch- you add an All American to your team that's already put up incredible numbers, but now he's going to play for the best coach in the country and play for a guy that just loves to get his pig guys tons and tons of easy, not just touches, but easy looks. Like that's Bill Self's whole philosophy. Is like, don't give up easy buckets and score and and make get a bunch of easy looks like he's always been anti fall in love with the three because he's just such a believer and let's make layups instead. And so Hunter Dickinson is going to just, Oh, it, it was so funny to see him on the first big stage, put up 
to legitimately historic numbers. Like it's crazy. We don't have time to like fully recap that game, but it's just insane. We even won that game the way Kentucky played. Um, it it would have been more insane if we lost. To be honest, just I think I was texting you guys during the game, but we had Hunter Dickinson go twenty-seven and twenty-one. Kevin McCullough get a triple double, and Dwan Harris go five for six technically from the three point line, but one was the shot clock thing. Well, so we five, the five for three, twenty one points. We almost did. I know, but those things wouldn't have all happened if we lost. They, Dewan would have missed those three, a couple threes. No, but my point is, if can say Kentucky hits that three, it was a bad force three with like eight seconds left. But just imagine if they make that shot and we go into overtime and lose somehow. Yeah, it's still pretty tight late. I mean, yeah, like one, I'm just saying if one, like one or three. I think one or three, we were down like five, right? Or so we're down eighty-one seventy-five at one point. So yeah, Juan made a three, and like that off. game was very close to being very much in Kentucky's control if Dewan misses that three. So, mm-hmm. and then like it was just awesome to see. Obviously, Dewan is so clutch, but Dick, we were able to get Dickinson the ball, and he drives baseline, makes that little tough. I don't even know. Doesn't use the backboard, but that was clutch. So. Uh, also, just exciting to see that he's a guy that I think we can trust to go get a bucket when we need one, hopefully. But boy, were some of our post entry passes horrific. There was like five we threw off the backboard. Trying we're going to make one, though. It's going to be absolutely electric when El Marco makes a three that he was supposed to be a pass to Hunter. So, who did that a couple years ago? I don't know. That's funny, though. But, but if he touches it in the paint, he, yeah. But if he touches it in the paint, it's going to be. He's probably either going to get fouled or he's finishing. Like, he's 7'2", and, oh God, he's just such a tough guard because he can get out and shoot threes. So, when people say we don't have shooters, we have a 7'2 guy that's going to average 20 and 10 that can shoot at 40% from three. Yeah, that's what's funny. Was our best shooter might be our, our center. But, uh, yeah, let's talk Maui real quick. Stacked field, Purdue, number two team in the country, Uh Gonzaga's in the field. Tennessee's a top, I think, top five team right now. Uh, UCLA, just sneaky hanging out there. Uh, Syracuse is in it. Don't think we'll see them, but... You're missing one. Uh, a monster? Oh, Chaminade? Oh, Marquette. Marquette's a top five. Yeah, I mean, I... I Tennessee's I, a seven. Gonzaga's a lot. That's the other top five team. It's a loaded, loaded field. One of the best ones we've seen in a while. It would be... I'll tell you what. Tell you what, not to get dramatic, but if the Hawks win this Maui, they're going to win a zillion games this season. Yep, because exactly. they, I think AB, you've been proven right. Indiana stinks. They got boat raced by UConn, so we can even win this Maui and then lose the. They're seventy ninth and Ken Palmer right now. Indiana. Yeah. So, but I don't want to get off track. But like this Maui stacked. I my main thing is. Uh, if we lose in this Maui, I don't want us to melt down. Which, no, as we've learned, we lost a charity event and people <laughs> lost their minds. But like, I guess it depends on who we lose to. Obviously, we lose Chaminade. We got issues, but I don't think we'd lose to Marquette. But I think we could lose Tennessee. Tennessee's a a bully type team. Purdue will be. They have one of the few matches for Hunter Dickinson. Uh, That's the crazy thing. We could lose twice this weekend. And, but it wouldn't be that crazy. And if you lose to Marquette and then say Purdue loses to Tennessee and you got Marquette and Purdue back to back down. I keep forgetting about like the third place. Yeah. Like, that happens to be. I mean, 
But again, don't panic if they lose twice because there's just a lot of damn good teams and someone in the top 11 in the country is going to come out of Maui with two losses. Like, that's just how this tournament works. So could be us, could be someone else. It's just, it's certainly possible. I want to get that out on the table. Yeah, regardless, they're going to play worse. I mean, they're going to play two really good teams. No, they're going to. So obviously, they're going to be battle tested. If they go to the championship, it's probably going to be an elite game. Like if they lose in the Maui championship, yeah, you want to win, but honestly, who cares? Like it's going to be, it's going to be a fun. Ex- we still talk what? about that Duke game from twelve years ago, Tyler <laughs> Thornton. Yeah, <laughs> they travel. I showed that twelve turnovers. Yeah, and then people were people were tweeting at him saying that oh not get on the plane. The one girl at, t- tweeted at him and told him he hoped the plane crashed. That was yeah. what he said. I think he said that on our airwaves. So I think it's. Um, so I don't know. I want to go look at the odds real quick for Maui. It looks like uh, uh-huh. uh, we are. Where did it go? Did they take them down? They took them down. So upset. DraftKings. DraftKings took Maui odds down. Earlier, we were the favorites. I think Tennessee was right there as the second favorites. We were like plus one a loaded field. Something. I don't know. Uh, if you were a betting man, are you betting on the Hawks to win this? I mean, that's tough. To me, it's just really hard to beat Kentucky and then go potentially beat Purdue or Marquette, Purdue or Marquette, Tennessee. That's a tough, I mean, it would be a crazy, crazy impressive start. And like our, you want to start talking early, early talk, our one seed resume would be, oh, it would be very good, very good at that point. So I don't know. Are you guys getting enough hearts? Do you have a lot of winning the Maui? I mean, I'll take KU over anyone in the country right now. I don't know. It's very early college basketball, so I don't know a ton. Obviously, they're ranked high, um, 80. Marquette was really good last year. They returned a lot. Colick's back. Um, God, well, Tennessee, they gave us a handful last year. Yeah. Playing Tennessee. So, yeah, that's Jesus, man. That's a nuts field. Yeah. That's so we said what four? That's four top 11 teams. Five. Five. Gonzaga's there? Dude, Gonzaga's yeah, sitting out there like a team nobody's even talking about. Gonzaga is going to be good this year. Always so, are. Purdue's one. And Ken- we got Kansas four. Gonzaga's seven. Tennessee nine. Marquette 11. That's insane. There's no way the field's ever going to 25. They're really good this year. I'm just kidding. But I got them here. beating the Hawks 114 to 63. I got upset alert UCLA over Marquette. Yeah, it's Someone's going to lose. So, so what is the early. funniest like championship game out of this scenario? Like with us, like us versus Syracuse. How funny would that be? Yeah, it's got to be. The other three teams are top ten teams in the country. Holy yeah. shit, man! We got the right side of the bracket, though. Maybe we did. They met. They want us in the title game. They set yeah. this bracket up to try really hard to get KU and then either Gonzaga, Purdue, or. I can't even remember Tennessee. I can't even remember all the teams. There's so many freaking good teams. It's nuts. I got Marquette winning it. Just random pick. Marquette wins the uh, Maui Jim Maui. Only Bill Walton's calling it. Maybe. Oh, we got, oh man. Udoka. You got to dunk the ball. We're all like, everyone's sitting out there right now. What a week we have ahead of us. It's the best on the calendar. 
uh, or you're going to work this week, but you're not going to work very hard. Nobody really cares about their job this week. And you just get to sit there, watch hoops during the day, and you get to enjoy feast week um, from the comfort of your own home. What a week we have ahead of us. But uh, yeah, I don't, I, I feel good. If I had to bet on someone, I would obviously bet on the Hawks, but it's just like, with the field, it's so hard to just be like, we're going to win the Maui. Like, I just could go. can tell you Purdue may win it. Oh, I got Tennessee. Purdue's really good in bracket play, though. They've, they've done mm-hmm. really well. Bracket. <laughs> I thought you were serious. Uh, it feels like that would be a tough one. Who was, was up with Chaminade and lost Chaminade, though. But, um, <laughs> all right. What did you say, B-Turn? I just, I think. KU would be a really tough matchup for Purdue. Like we would, I think we would handle them pretty easily. We got a seven-two guy with Edie. Our guards can smother theirs. Yeah, I, I we're I think Tennessee is the team that scares me. Or even like Marquette, like they like Nick mentioned in the chat, they play five guards, so they could they could take Dickinson out of the game, but also Dickinson could score forty and twenty-five against them. So, uh. We'll see, but should be a fun, fun week. Um, hopefully, I don't know when, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to promise any other episodes this week. We'll see, but uh, anything else before we wrap up, boys? Um, thoughts and prayers with KJ, KJ Adams and his family. That's I can't. It's just so sad. Um, I can't imagine ever losing a parrot. I'm gonna in especially at his age. So that's so tough and praying for him, thinking, thinking about them. And I know KU fans, I know like when T-Rob went through his stuff, um, KU fans are obviously super supportive. So we obviously love KJ. He's a terrific kid player and just thinking about them, but yeah. Yeah. Just sad. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely thinking about him. Uh, CJ Moore wrote a great article last year about KJ's mom and everything. So I highly suggest going and reading that because it's, it's awesome, but yeah, feeling for KJ. Um, but that is it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I know we've started dark, but we had to, but ending on, you know, basketball seasons here, this team's good. So, uh, let's enjoy feast week and, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Rock chalk. Thank you for listening to KC sports network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.